seeing I can't remember. Here it is, right here. Okay, well done. Well done, that woman. That's it. Okay, cool. Okay. Alrighty. Okay. Nothing coming out of the speakers? Not yet. Do you want me to go to mic two? Yeah. Uh, well, just sort of. Huh, that's... Uh, what is happening? Nothing is coming out.
when you're with me I feel sunshine even when I'm standing in the rain Something happens that I can't explain when I hear your name But you can't help it that you're always chasing rainbows in your mind There's so much I want to say to you and there's so little time Hey little woman, please make up your mind You've got to come into my world and leave your world behind When you're walking down a busy street and I'm not there Is my picture hanging in your mind, walking with you there That's how it is in my world, girl, you're with me all the time Why don't you come into my world and leave your world behind All right there. That was the great Bobby Sherman. And uh, thank you for joining in, by the way. This is Radio Free Brooklyn here at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. You are about to listen to Sitting with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn. Sitting with me is the wonderful Liz Thompson. And uh, and Liz Thompson, um, I I am going to uh, I don't know how to introduce Liz Thompson, but I'm going to try. So Liz Thompson last year um, had this cockamamie idea of doing a Greenwich Village Folk Festival. Um, of course, many people. I've lived here in uh, in Greenwich Village for thirty years, and uh, many of us have, and not one of us ever thought of doing of doing a festival for Greenwich Village Folk Festival and the Greenwich Village culture because it wasn't just folk it was art it was poetry um it was classical it was a whole bunch of things correct so um so Liz came over from the UK and decided and decided to uh, to do a to do a festival on it um and it went so well that she's back for more punishment. <laughs> <laughs> and she's back for more punishment with a bigger, better folk festivals with more headliners. Sure. And, um, and uh, well, first of all, I want to congratulate Thank you. Uh, uh, you, Liz. That's really, that's really, I really admire that. You know, I, I, I've lived uh, a mile from Greenwich Village for a year. I never did a damn thing. Well, now's your chance to get involved. Well, you are involved. <laughs> now, well, now I am involved. Um, but, but first of all, I mean, the obvious question is, um, why are you nuts? Why? What well, happened? Probably, certainly, my friends thought I was nuts in the UK. You know, oh God, here she goes again. 
Uh, and in the UK, in, in the US, when I came to talk about it to various people, I mean, uh, lots of people gave me time in City Hall with friends in the music business. And there was kind of, well, good luck with that. Um, but I persisted. And you're right, actually. It did start out, the original idea was a one-off folk festival. And the idea was kind of Woodstock in Washington Square Park. You know, I thought I would fill it with, I don't know, 20,000 people, however many people fit in. Um, and I talked to the round for a couple of years, and uh, people really did think that was nuts, I think. And then it expanded. It, kind of the idea occurred to me as I was having conversations in 2016, 2017, that actually what we should be doing is celebrating the whole Greenwich Village culture. Because mm -hmm. it, Greenwich Village existed in my mind's eye and ear when I was literally about 12 years old, so 1969, 70. Mm-hmm. Just because of the music that I'd come to know, originally Joan Baez, who led me through to all sorts of other um, music and cult, and to American history, really, you know, into the kind of music of the civil rights struggle, in the history of the civil rights struggle, to all, all that stuff, I got very interested. And as I came to know the village, coming here as a journalist to write about the book trade, I realized that it was about so much more than music. It was about sort of labor rights, civil rights, black rights, gay rights long before Stonewall, yeah. Um, Eugene O'Neill had been here, you know, mm -hmm. the opening scene in Reds where everyone gets together. I mean, all those people who were real people, John Reed, who wrote 10 Days That Shook the World. I thought, wow, you know, why aren't we celebrating all this in this tiny area? You know, I, how many square miles is it? I'm not, you know, not very many, not very mm -hmm. big. Um, all this happened and sort of everything somehow connects, you know, people cross paths, batons are sort of past, to use horrible cliche. Uh, and there's a kind of tradition... Uh, Everything somehow comes together in Washington Square and has mm. done over many decades. Um, and so with my friends at the Washington Square Hotel, which was the Hotel Earl, which was a place of great, uh, you know, history itself, mm. um, we conceived this idea of having a festival that would celebrate the village. So it went from being bringing it all back home to Washington Square, which is what the concert in the park is called, to the village trip. Right. And in the village trip can be 1968, if that's what you want, or can be... 1908 or 1958 um you know there's a huge amount to celebrate down here and we need to celebrate it before the culture all disappears beneath sort of concrete and yeah. you know concrete and clay beneath my whatever you know well 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 i move i moved to new york about 30 years ago really to walk in the shadows of dave van ronk well, there you uh, go. And, and, uh, but, but, but that's, but again, that's 60s and 50s. You're going, you're going deeper than that. Yes. Be because, because in the 40s and the 1800s, there was stuff going on. So, so, so tell a little bit about that. And yeah. I had to come to the village. You know, I came first in, actually, the very first time I came to the village, actually to New York, was 1995. And I got dispatched by Mojo to report on uh, Joan Byers recording at the bottom line the album that would be Ring Them Bells. That was my first time in the right. village. And I came back later that year for the first of many publishing trips. Um, stayed at the Washington Square Hotel, learned there was this incredibly rich history, walked the streets whose name were kind of, names were mythical to me. You know, oh, here, this was where Gertie's Folk City was. This oh, was God, where Kettle yeah. Fish was. This is where so-and-so. Uh, and it seemed to me extraordinary. And, you know, oh, Eugene O'Neill was here too. And Martha Graham was here. And, you, you know, Edna St. Vincent Millay. It was all there. Um, and it seems to me to be very important that we celebrate that because we would. I mean, you have a British accent, even mm. though you're not. You know, you're yeah. you're European, which I got that fancy which accent. Britain will Thank not you. be very soon if we're unlucky. But you know, in Britain, we would celebrate that really before pouring concrete over it. Um, but but there was stuff going on in the 1800s. In, in I mean, the Greenwich, Greenwich Village, maybe before any other. Yes. 
area, it was um, uh, civil rights, gay rights. It was integrated, correct? Well, it was. I mean, in the late uh, 1800s, you know, Walt Whitman's coming in from Brooklyn to visit very inappropriately named fairy clubs, you mm -hmm. know, around McDougal Street. You know, there's um, in the 1900s, there are, there are salons where kind of women only preferred. Mm. Um, you know, there's Mabel Dodge hosting right. all kinds of people who are experimenting with drugs and mm -hmm. they're doing art. And they're, you know, all sorts of, all these people are sort of gathering here. Mm. Uh, you know, the great, bo you know, it's a perennial bohemia that, bohemia that every generation discovers anew, I suppose. But so much seemed to happen here. And then, of course, there's the Greenwich Village of Henry James, you know, the Washington Square of Henry James, which is a very different Washington Square. Yeah. Which is maybe what a lot of people think of, you know, the grandeur of Washington Square and Henry James. Yeah, yeah so it's a deep history. I mean, it yeah. might have been, um, I can think of maybe um, um, maybe the Treme in New Orleans as being one of the um, one of the most progressive uh, places because it was integrated and that's where yes. black, black yeah. business made. But, but, but really Greenwich Village had the, the history, the art, um, and 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 a whole boatload. It was very very progressive. And presumably part of that was because, like New Orleans, it was a port city. Yes. Um, I mean, I've always been struck by the by the similarities and the kind of literal connections, of course, between yeah. uh, New York and Liverpool. I mean, we had the Cunard Yanks brought the music in that we then sent back to you as the, with the Beatles. Yeah, yeah. But you know, all that music that came back and forth, and it was because you know New York and Liverpool and New Orleans are port cities, so yes. they're open to other. And of course, they're immigrant cities, so yeah. all those different cultures, whether it's Italian or Irish, mm -hmm. or, you know, so much came, you know, and the, all the Ellis Island, the people who came in, and the people who went out, of course, you know, to all right. Uh, and, you know, I remember Janice Ian, um, who wrote a very celebrated song called Society's Child when she was in the village age 15 in 1966. And it was about a, um, a white girl going out with a black boy and causing rage. And she Ooh. got hate mail for it. But she said, you know, I came in to the village from New Jersey as a teenager and she said it was one of the places that, you know, you could be gay, which I guess she already knew she was. Mm -hmm. And where you saw blacks and white holding hands in the early 60s. Yeah. So there's always been this, you know, cafe society, of course, where oh. know, Paul, Paul Robeson was down here and, um, you know, Billie Holiday. Uh, now, can you correct me? Oh, we should play. I'm not going to play something from Cafe Society because we're, we're, we're on the folk right now. But okay. uh, uh, but but I'm going to say this. Cafe Society was where um, Strange Fruit was yes. was Billie Holiday's main uh, yeah. um, showstopper. Yes. And I just want to mention one thing, and you can correct me if I'm wrong. So, um, um uh that song strange fruit all about hanging about the lynchings uh, yeah. actually written by a school, uh, jewish school teacher yes and um just to give an idea I, i'm trying i'm i'm trying to sort of give an idea about how progressive the village was at that time in that period she used to play at a cafe society and um correct me if i'm mistaken it was her showstopper it was the last song she used to sing yes and it would be they turn all the lights off and they would have one spot on her face singing that song it's a most powerful song oh it's extraordinary. Uh, um, i mean it's a oh, my goodness um if we get time towards the end maybe maybe we'll give it a spin but Cafe Society, which I think was on Sheridan Square, perhaps? Yeah, it was. More or less on Sheridan, Sheridan Square. Square? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The interesting thing about Cafe Society, and we're going back to the 30s, correct? Mm, Probably, yeah, I think so. Something like that, right? 30s, 40s, yeah. Um, is that they had, um, they had um, white, um, the, the, how do you call it? The greeters were white yeah. and had white gloves. 
yeah. and would open the doors for the black patrons yeah. in the 30s in Greenwich Village. Which is turning stuff on its head, isn't it? Uh, completely turning yeah. stuff on its yeah. head. Uh, you know, I mean, we're talking, uh, you know, 40 years before Martin Luther King. Yes. Yeah. So, so, yeah. The, so, so really, uh, I mean, Greenwich Village, a crucible of... Of of that crucible of is a word I've used a lot. The crucible in which kind of twentieth century culture was, and yeah. of course, you know, we think of you know Edward Albee was down here writing, you know, uh, who's afraid of Virginia Woolf. You mm-hmm. know, so much it was a crucible. Yeah, 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 absolutely yeah, yeah. a crucible. Um, and I think jo- Josh White, of course, was played at um, Cafe Society, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, his Josh White Junior still plays, but I, you know, he was um, he was forbidden to sing in Washington, I think, and Eleanor Roosevelt invited him to sing at the White House, and in fact, he's was godfather to one of their children. Ah, no kidding. All I right. mean, and of course, Eleanor lived on Washington Square for a period after, um, after you know, FDR died and she came south. So, so, all right. So this whole journey for you started the Joan Byers, right? Yes, that, I can tell you. I was given a guitar by my sister who's 10 years older than me, which, okay. which she never admits, but she's not here, so that's okay. She's in Spain. Um, and I had to learn how to play it. I already played the piano, learning. So um, I kind of learned about four chords. And then I, well, what do I play in the summer of 68, which wasn't immediately obvious to me. And then I discovered Joan Byers Volume 2 in my sister's collection. I don't know why, because she wasn't particularly a fan. But I thought Banks of the Ohio, um, mm-hmm. Plaisir d'Amour. Um, there are about four, Barbara Allen, of course, English folk song. So I sure. thought, well, I can do those four songs, you know, D7, A. Okay. No, so I could, I could master right. that. And then I started exploring, and then I realized that the voice was actually very magnificent. And then I'd, you know, read, and that took me into Dylan and Judy Collins and Janice. And then sort of way, way into American history and, okay. you know, finding things like the, the old heavy folkways record vinyl, which I still have, of the March on Washington in uh, Dobell's Folk Record Shop oh. in Charing Cross Road with Martin Luther King. You know, it's the first time I'd heard the speech in full. I remember that um, place. Hilia Jackson, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I where, remember where Dylan, Yes, where Dylan recorded with Rick Ron Smith, uh, so, uh, Schmidt and Farinia. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So, so okay, so I'm going to play some uh, some di- Diamonds and Rust, right? That's right. We're going to play. Yeah. Um, do you want to set this up, why this particularly grabbed you? Or what about Joan Byers grabbed you? I th- Well, originally it was just to learn to play the guitar, and then at a certain point a couple of, you know, I don't know, a couple of months in. It didn't take very long. I realized that she had a really magnificent voice. And it's something about, I think it's the grain of the voice that kind of gets to you. Uh, and I absolutely fell in love with the voice. I first heard her live in 71. Okay. Um, you know, I've seen her seen her dozens and dozens of times, including her last before, very last performance in Madrid a couple of months ago. Um, and Diamonds and Rust came out in 1975 when she was it just embarked on the Rolling Thunder tour with Bob Dylan. And it was prompted by a phone call from Dylan. It's about their affair. And there's a line in it about now we're hanging out the window of that crummy hotel in Washington Square. And the crummy hotel over Washington Square is the Earl. And Dylan and Byers stayed in room 305 down the corridor from Ramblin' Jack Elliot. Ah! Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm going I'm to play that. So this version we're going to hear, I think, is recorded at the bitter at the bottom line. Yeah. Uh, so this was 20 years later. This is 1995. The sessions, the four nights I saw the first two. Um, recorded at the bottom line, um, which released as Ring Them Bells, which was the album that began her renaissance in 1995. Oh, okay. So we're going to play Diamonds and Rust. Yeah, with and, Mary Chapin Carpenter. And and can you, th- do we have, do you think there's any recordings of her and Dylan writing that song in what room did you say it was? Well, she wrote it, She wrote, it was her looking back on her love affair in, in, in the Earl, room in 305. 305? Was, was where the love okay. affair was conducted okay. on and off. That was his favourite room. Okay. So she's rec- she's recalling that 10 years later, oh. you know. Uh, the words are amazing, I think, very evocative. 
All right, so we're going to get all weepy-eyed about this. Well, it's just it uh, tells a little story about what it was like um, in Washington Square, you know. And, and maybe, and maybe while we're playing this out, you can think of something of uh, Byers and Dylan singing together, perhaps in that okay. period. Okay. Okay. Uh, if it's appropriate, and yeah, if it's not, we'll not? just play something else. No, why not? Okay. Cool. Well, you're listening to Sitting with Gianluca here, RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Yeah. Sitting with me is Liz Thompson. Uh, I'm really thrilled to have you. It's I great think, to be here. Thank I, you. I think it's wonderful. Um, okay, so this is uh, uh, Diamonds and Rust, Joan Byers. Mingles and hangs in the air 
Speaking strictly for me We both could have died then and times and got brought back 16. At any rate, I don't think anybody needs to talk for him if Bob Speed Dylan seeker. is within hearing distance. I hope he comes forward. Where is it? Bob, you are sitting back there. Down. You say you're 
Well, that was uh, Bob Dylan. It ain't me, babe. Newport 64. Um, Newport 64. And uh, that was followed by Joan, uh, Joan Byers, Diamond and Rough. <clears throat> because um, they were a couple, obviously, in the in the uh, 60s at, at the time. Folk Queen and Raving Prince, as they were called. Yeah, yeah Folk Queen, Queen and Raving yeah. Princes. Yeah. And, and um, that was written for her or did they write that together no no they didn't write anything together um she sang i mean she gave him a platform very early on yeah i mean who that was for i don't know it's interesting that they sang it together because of course at a certain point it wasn't you know she wasn't the one he was looking for or he she wasn't the one he was looking for um but it was certainly i think that's probably newport 64 63 is the moment the newport that crowns dylan when he does mm-hmm. with God on our side and you know he leaves newport as the great new star but of course he's still living in the village partly in the earl mostly on west fourth street um, above Bruno's Spaghetti Parlor, mm-hmm. um, just off Sixth Avenue. Ah, okay. Um, so it's very village and kind of just hanging out, you know. I mean, I think that's what's extraordinary that all these people who only was already quite a star were just around. I mean, there was no kind of star system then. These people were hanging out, mm-hmm. the kettle fish to play their songs, meet yeah. other musicians, you know. It was all, yeah. you know, now it would be incredibly controlled by all the record companies uh, and by Twitter. Yeah, I used to drink yeah. at the I used to drink at the kettle of fish actually yeah. with, with all with all those guys. Frank Christian, who's on those bootlegs, the early yeah. uh, uh, bootlegs. I'm digressing because this is the, the, this well, is all the about kind you. Of the village is about digressing, and you know, I meet people still who say, "Oh yeah, I was. I can't remember who was told me I was in. I was in uh, the kettle of fish the night Dylan came in to dry out a hard rain. And I think, wow, oh how amazing god. was that? Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tempted to play that, but 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 we've got a lot to get through. Um, if you have just tuned in, it is 33 minutes past the hour, 6 p.m. here in Bushwick, Brooklyn, at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. You are listening to Sitting with Jan Luca, and uh, sitting with me is Liz Thompson, the oh. wonderful Liz Thompson, who's Thank putting you. on a um, uh, very bravely a um, a folk music festival, four day festival. New and include. 
Oh, folk and jazz festival. Yeah, I mean, well, the, we have a. Let's be clear, we have a concert, a free concert in Washington Square Park okay. on Saturday afternoon with Steve Earle, Mark Rebo, and the Tall Pines. Yes, and we have a hoot nanny in honor of Izzy Young with yes. uh, Rory, um, Rory Block, and um, David Massingill, Martha Redbone. Um, who have I missed? Diana Jones, wonderful Diana Jones, who has a new album out shortly about refugees, um, compared by Tom Chapin. That's on the Thursday mm-hmm. evening. And then we have jazz um, with stars from the New School's Jazz Faculty. Okay. Really starry lot. And we have David Amram, who is our artist emeritus, who's been around the village since the 50s, um, work, and who knew Kerouac and Ginsburg, yeah, yeah. who's worked with everyone. We have, an, we have an afternoon focusing on his chamber music. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm going to... And we have, we have writing. Yeah, I might... Sorry, I... I'm sitting here with my associate producer. She's, she's reminding me of the lines I'm forgetting. We Introduce a... your associate producer. Yes. Right now. Dawn Drew. Dawn right, look, Drew. I, this isn't happening alone. I mean, to... I tried it solo for a while, trying to get it together. No, no. People said, well, good luck with that. And then we now have artistic director Danny Capelian, who's done huge amounts of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Music Festival and did the Joni Mitchell 75 and Dawn Drew, who's worked with him for a long time, and I'm very privileged and happy to have them, you know, basically organizing the village trip uh, with me, and the hope is to make it an annual festival. And we do, you know, we have creative writing classes, we have poetry at yeah. St. Mark's in the Bowery, um, we have social justice panels, uh-huh. um, we're discussing gay rights, 50, uh, uh, well, the media coverage of, of um, gay rights and so on, 50 years after Stonewall. You know, the idea is that this will grow into an annual festival and we'll celebrate all the multifaceted aspects of the village. Um, I'm going to get to that, uh, the civil rights, uh, in a second. Okay. Um, But first of all, I am going to immediately uncover, and you're going to embarrass, I'm going to immediately out Dawn Drew because she's sitting on a microphone whispering in your ear and handing notes because I think think Dawn Drew is somewhat uh, microphone shy. But that's all right. Get closer to the mic, please, Dawn. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm outing you right now. <laughs> you're wonderful. You're very intelligent. You know all about this, and you're handing notes backwards and forwards, and I'm outing you. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Closer to the mic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, of course, I was born here, and my son's been born here before Civil Rights Day. So we've got quite a history in Manhattan. And um, my family history has uh, allowed me to be witness to a lot of things that have happened here in the city. Okay. Yeah. So the civil rights aspect of it, we're African American. Um, we've lived a lot of it. Okay. And the jazz aspect of the music, uh, we've lived a lot of it. I saw Miles Davis for the first time live when I was a child mm-hmm. with my dad. And. Um, a lot of time in the village as a young person. Um, so for me, the 60s, 70s, 80s in the village was very different than it was for Liz. Uh, I wasn't looking across the pond. I was here. And um, it was a different reality. It was not as romantic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the music for me was definitely a whole different vibe. Um, yeah. Although, of course, who didn't grow up knowing Bob Dylan mm-hmm. and listening to um, a lot of the musicians who came through the clubs? Oh, well, there was loads. There was Phil Ox. There was Dave Van Ronk. There was Phil Ox. We so need Phil Ox now. Oh, we definitely need Phil Ox. We need, we need Miles Davis now, too. We do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No complaint 
from me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, 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 <laughs> Dawn, I wanted to out you because you've been passing notes saying, no, no, there's jazz too. There's jazz too. <laughs> but I put you on mic. Yes, you did. Whether you like it and or the, not. And the last thing I will say about the festival is that we have really expanded it this year. We've added writing seminars, as Liz mentioned. And we have a really famous author who's going to be um, yes. leading one, Adriana Trigiani. Okay. And um, we've got the two social justice forums, um, which I think are important for people to gather as a community mm. and be able to talk. Yeah. Uh, the uh, LGBTQ and the recent coverage of the media is a topic that we're working on with uh, NYU. Mm-hmm. Um, they're a partner in the festival. And then we have got one on censorship and uh, the erosion ah. of our First Amendment rights. Everyone talks about the Second Amendment rights, but we are looking at fake news being a harbinger for the erosion of our freedom of the press and speech. Ah. So that's going to be an interesting one as well. So our website is thevillagetrip.com, yep. and everything's up there, Thank and you. a yes. lot of the events are free. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are some that are ticketed, so I encourage everybody to go to the website and get their tickets to the concerts and the sessions that they'd like to it's attend. The, and it's the 26th to the 29th, right? Right. It begins on uh, Thursday evening, the 26th, although we have a pre-event this year. Um, we're going to have a poetry reading at the St. Mark's Poetry Project on Wednesday night. Uh, two brand new poets um, who are profiled on our website as well. Okay. So I think that's $5 to attend. Okay. Yeah, it starts at 6. And then we begin in earnest on uh, Thursday night at the um, Village Gate, uh, no, I'm sorry, the Bitter End Cafe. Mm-hmm. Village Gate's no longer here. No. Sadly. And sadly, I, I know. started my life at the Village Gate. So. I think I ended mine at the Village Gate. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> well, I ended mine many times at the Village Gate. <laughs> right, <but yes>. exactly. <laughs> um, but uh, we have the Houdini at the Bitter End, and okay. Liz just gave the lineup for that. And then we've got a bunch of events beginning on Friday mm-hmm. and going through Saturday. And Sunday at Joe's Pub will be our last two yeah. events. Um, we've got... Um, uh, Penny Arcade and Vicky Christina Bar- Barcelona, okay. who were with us last year. So All right. it's a full festival. It's, and very it's everything from music to writing. Uh, and the 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 um, ooh, uh, the bitter end might be. Do you think that's the oldest venue that was still around in the sixties? Um, they've all closed down, kind of. But the the but the bitter yeah. end. Everyone played there. Chris Christopherson, Bob Dylan, everyone. Joan Byers, everyone. Yeah. Joni Mitchell. Can, can I Google that? Yeah. yeah, you can definitely Google and that. And actually, okay. all the all the uh, all the comics played there as well. Uh, the and or, and yeah. all the comics. It was a very important place. Before you Google that, though, uh, um, I, I I want to announce two things because you said something to me very very important before, uh, and I want to just acknowledge that. But before I do that, it is forty one minutes past uh, what is it six p.m. and uh, you are listening to sitting with Jan Luca here at RadioFreeBrooklyn.org. Um, my guest sitting with me today is Liz Thompson, who has come all the way from England to do this fantastic festival at the end of <laughs> September. No, I mean, Thank but you. but not just folk. I mean, it's easy to do. Uh, it's it's very yeah. easy to do a folks festival on uh, Oh Dylan and Phil Ox. It's very easy to do that. You, you can do that in your sleep. But but you're going deep. You're going jazz. You're going civil rights. You're going we authors. Are. You're going an, an well. Author. As one wit said, everything started in the village except prohibition, which is almost true. <laughs> yes, thank <laughs> and, God. And you know, I hope we yeah, no, no prohibition down there ever. Yeah. Really. So yeah, you yeah. know, I hope over time we can celebrate you know all of the village and its great richness. And I you know, I think this is maybe the moment I wanted to do, to do it as to mark the centenary, but I couldn't get it together in time. In January, January 23rd, I think, 1917, um, Marcel Duchamp and a bunch of radicals climbed up the Washington Square Arch, because you still could in those mm. days, um, and they took lots of red wine and bread 
And on the break of midnight, they released a cloud of red balloons and they proclaimed the People's Republic of Washington Square and that it would secede from the Union. And, you know, I imagine there are quite a lot of people downtown now who wish it would secede from the Union. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So there's that. I kind of wanted to do a centenary uh, stunt, but we never did it. But, you know, it's a kind of great moment. And that's the kind of, you know, there's a lot of great sort of the anarchic spirit of the village where kind of all things are possible. At least they seem possible in the witching hour, you know. Well, yeah. Well, well, this radio station is called Radio Free Brooklyn. So we are very, we we, we are very sympathetic (laughs) to that sort of thing. Um, But I want to remind anyone listening and i do want to remind you listener thank you first of all for listening and taking the time out you could be doing anything you want right now and you are listening to us hopefully being interesting um i also have to say that you know we're non-profit so we're radio free brooklyn we're also radio free broke line um which means we really depend on your shrapnel and any jingly jangly that you have in your pocket to keep our lights on. If you can donate anything to keep these cool conversations and these cool radio shows going on, we so super appreciate. We 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 stretch dollars until they are transparent. And we squeeze eagles until they scream. <laughs> That's what we do here. Um, we fund teen programs, teen literary programs. Um, we also will um, produce, uh, if you want to do a podcast, we will uh, produce it um, and edit it and distribute it. All you have to do is turn up into a studio. We will have an engineer and you do a podcast. The prices are very, very inexpensive and we are here for you. We are about community. We also have an app so you can take us to the beach. So um, if, you know, if you have absolutely no money we understand because we absolutely have no money either uh you know hit a like button hit a hit an instagram facebook uh whatever it it would go a long long way to doing this because we are about community and we we do like to uh to uh share things and i am going to do um do another side of the village that uh um uh, that I am going to pass on to you, uh, microphone number three. You told me something fantastic. Um, shall I start off what you told me and then you, then you finish it off? Sure. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Are you a bit mic shy? Can I do it? You or you want to do it? You can do it. <laughs> so so uh, um, Greenwich Village, as well as being um, quite integrated uh, uh, in the times when integration was not cool, uh, late 1800s and the 30s, and had an amazing amount of literature. Also was the HQ of the NAACT. Uh, did P. I say T? NAACP. Yeah. I'm P. sorry. Yeah, P. I'm, <laughs> I beg your pardon. Of the NAACP, um, a very important organization, started in the village, uh 1936 and for two solid years every time there was a lynching they would uh hang a black flag is that correct that's right yeah yes they actually hung that black flag for two straight years 1936 to 1938 uh yeah now that's something that's not often written about and mentioned about in the village i did want to acknowledge it because that absolutely spun my head around I, i i i think i know everything actually no, I don't know anything. Um, I guess this is a good idea to, just to do a slight 
left turn and maybe play Billie Holiday playing um, Strange Fruit. Yes. Can I just um, add yeah. one more thing? Yes. The Village was also um, a place where a lot of black people came to um, practice their art. James Baldwin, mm-hmm. Lorraine yeah. Hansberry. Yeah. Uh, so many. Paul Robeson. Mm-hmm. They were all in the Village. Um, and when they weren't in the Village, they probably were in Paris. Right. <clears throat> but um, it was a place of great acceptance and freedom to be who you were at yeah. the time, whether you were Black, white, gay, straight. Yeah. Um, it didn't matter. Everyone yeah. came there together to practice their art, to be themselves. It was a sense of freedom that you wouldn't get in other parts of the United States. Uh, and, and I have to say, uh, it also was the start of Stonewall, etc. But we're talking yes. 30, 40, 50 years before Stonewall. Yes, way Absolutely. before Stonewall. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I'm going to set up, I guess, uh, Strange... Or, or, or Dawn, do you want to set up Strange Fruit? No, you can go right ahead. Uh, I, I can go right ahead? Okay, yes, so, <laughs> so, so, in, um, so there's the story of this is that Billie Holiday, when she was on tour... Um, she saw um, she saw some lynchings, and it affected her uh, uh, very, very deeply. Well, yeah, no kidding, and um, and it stuck in her mind. And it was a Jewish school teacher who, who who I think might have lived in the village himself, but I'm not entirely too sure, who wrote this song, uh, not about lynching, but about strange fruit, and it's of course it's a strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. And the strange fruit being uh, uh, people hung, like, like, like hanging people. And she used to do it. We mentioned briefly Cafe Society before, which was on Sheridan Square. And, and Cafe Society in the 30s was, was all backwards. Um, it was a time, obviously, of seg- segregation uh, through most of the United States. The, the, um, the ushers uh, were white and wore white gloves. And the patrons often were black, and the ushers would open the doors for the black patrons. And Billie Holiday used to sing these wonderful sets, as we all know Billie Holiday's wonderful sets. And she would always finish with Strange Fruit. And the way that she would finish it is that they turned all the lights off and had one spot on her face. And that's I'm getting goose pimples. This is like very embarrassing, but I'm getting very, very big, big goose pimples. They would shine that one spot on her face and she would sing Strange Fruit all about the lynchings. Uh, and I think I should really play that just on, yes. on uh, about, about uh, we're all in agreement about what we talked about. Sure. So here it goes. Billie Holiday, Strange Fruit. Southern trees bear strange fruit, blood on the leaves and blood at the root, black bodies swinging in the southern breeze. Strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees. 
south The bulging ass And the twisted mouth Scent of magnolia Sweet and fresh Then the sudden smell Of burning flesh Here is a fruit For the crows to pluck For the rain together For the wind to suck Billy Holiday there here at Sitting with Jan Luca here at Radio Free Brooklyn. And uh, that was, that's just one of the most amazing things that happened in, in the village. Um, sitting with me here at Sitting with Jan Luca is Liz Thompson, who is putting on a um, the Village Trip Festival. Uh, mostly a free festival, or if you have to pay something, it'll be $5 ticket. It's going to encompass jazz, literally, literature, literature, literature. Thank you. Uh, uh, Jazz, civil rights, a a whole boatload of things. Um, There's nothing to lose by by coming to it. Everything to gain. The two, the two, the we have Amram's chamber music and we have the Hoot Nanny. They're twenty five dollars actually. Okay. But pretty much everything is free. Poetry is five dollars. Yeah. Yeah, everything's free. Everything's five, and it's an education and a half. And and congratulations for doing it. Um, well, you talked about community earlier, and I think we have to remember there is still a community in the village. I mean, it's we think of it as being, you know, you look at all the tourists who come down there and they follow the umbrella and then they go to designer shopping in Soho. But there is an old community that's been there a long time. You know, there's still an Italian community, although it's being yeah. encroached upon. This, you know, we have to we have to celebrate community. And remember, that not everyone down there is a just fun baby or a kind of movie star. Yeah, yeah. Some of them just live as they've always lived, and and that. You know that's the hist- that's the real history of the village, and we have to celebrate it before it disappears yeah. completely amid the kind of crazy trust fundy. You know, who 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 are the names um, of the folky side that we might know about that will also be playing? Well, we have our free concert on Saturday afternoon in Washington Square Park is headlined by Steve Earle. Yep, and we have we're going to play him in a bit. We yeah. are Mark Rebo is on the bill. Yeah, as are the Tall Pines with um, some special guests who mm-hmm. they're bringing along. So that's the kind of highlight in in uh, in the park. Um, and then the the bitter end, Hoot Nanny. We've mentioned um, Rory Block, who grew up over her dad's sandal shop on West Fourth Street. Um, she's coming. She's multi um, award winning blues guitarist. Yeah. Very unusual. You know, she and Bonnie Raitt. There aren't many people, many women doing that. 
So she's the kind of star guest at, at, at the bitter end. So that's the kind of folky stuff. But we have we have amazing, you know, jazz, terrific jazz. We're going to have. Haven't revealed those names yet. It's a secret for the moment. Um, and we should mention David Amram because he's is the spirit of the. You know, he's artist emeritus. He was with us last year. Um, he has he was Bernstein's composer in residence. He was Joseph Papp's composer in residence. He's worked with Woody Guthrie and Woody Herman. He's worked with everyone. You know, he's at Farm Aid this weekend, I think. Um, and we're celebrating his chamber music inspired by Greenwich Village. It's so there's blues, blues for Monk. Um, you know, three Greenwich Village portraits: Odetta, uh, Frank McCourt, and Odetta. So Odetta, who's beyond legendary. Yes, yeah, so I was going to suggest an, um, an Odetta song. Odetta's actually. playing. Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. Yes. Oh, she's not no, playing. She's, okay. No, she's no longer with us, sadly, Odetta. Uh, she's oh. with the great celestial. Oh, oh she did know. pass. Yeah. Okay. No, no. So, so seating is. I should say seating Wait. is limited for our bitter end and church okay. concerts. So book now yeah, to avoid right. disappointment at www.thevillagetrip.com. Uh, but but you know what? We're, we're we're gonna. I'm gonna play a little bit of Rory Block while we're talking, okay. and then I'm gonna move on to Steve Earle. Okay. That We've sounds got good. a few minutes left. That sounds good. Uh, uh, because I, I think people should know uh, a little bit of, of, of who Rory Block is. R Rory Block um, studied, and again, let's jump in and correct me if I get any of this wrong. Uh, Rory Block um, studied at the feet of the real Mississippi musicians from the 60s. As well, they passed through the village. As they passed through the village. I mean, a lot of them were from the 30s. And she was 14, 15, She was 16. 14, 15. Uh, Mississippi Fred McDowell, Mississippi John Hurt. I mean, everyone from Mississippi, everyone that was... And of course, this was a period which links into what we were just saying when, yeah. when folk music was being rediscovered yeah. again and all these and the kind of country, beginnings of country and black musicians were brought up into the, you know, they were brought to, the, brought to Newport, but brought into the village, they were brought from the south. Sorry, I'm not interrupting you. No, I'm that's just, okay. I'm we can talk playing, over it. No, no, I'm just yeah. playing some Rory Block underneath yeah, because that's great. Be, because she's a, uh, uh, I guess a legendary musician. She is a legend. Uh, yeah. At this point, um, and she's been studying it. For, uh, not really studying it, but since she's she been was playing a, it for, for, for sixty yeah. whatever years. Yeah, yeah. Um, and really, nobody does it better. No. Um, so I'm just gonna gonna play. I'm, I'm gonna turn it up just a little bit. Yeah, She's yeah. playing uh, Robert Johnson's Crossroad on here. So here's here's like one, a few seconds. All right. I just want I just wanted uh, uh, to play a little bit of Rory Brock because she's a very 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 important artist. Yeah. yeah. Um, so where she's playing? Where is she playing? She's at the Bitter End, which is our Thursday night opening okay. gig, main gig, really. Um, okay. You know, with um, with David Massingill, mm -hmm. Martha Redbone, who's a Brooklynite, uh, yes. and uh, Aaron Whitby, um, Dinah Jones, mm -hmm. and Tom Chapin is emceeing, and David Amram will be there. He'll be sprinkling his magic dust and everything. So it's the Bitter End. So Book, it's not a big club, 200 yeah, odd yeah, seats, yeah. book now. Uh, and David Amran has been there and done that. And can, may I out his age or is that? Oh, not I think cool? he's not embarrassed by it now. He's over 90, right? No, he's 89. He's 90 oh. next year. Yeah. I took I took a year off for good behavior, yeah. but but the reason I said that he has been there and done that and saw everybody oh, grow. Extraordinary, and he's eighty nine yeah. going on uh, twenty eighty nine going yeah. on thirty. Yeah, 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 yeah. Made astonishing energy. Yeah. Um, oh my and god. Very generous in terms of you know yeah. working with young people. And, and Absolutely. Just, um, 
And it's, you know, it is extraordinary to meet someone who's worked with a known Kerouac, whose 50th anniversary is passing. Who has known Kerouac, who will be the only person anyone can ever meet that has known Kerouac that's alive today. Yeah, and in fact, just uh, two days ago, Robert Frank, the cinematographer and photographer, died, and he made yeah. they made that experimental film, Pull My Daisy, yeah. together. And I think so. I think David is the last man standing from that, and long may he so. stand. You know. Oh yeah, and he knows everything about. I mean, pretty much about it. But everything. he's so modest and nice. You know. He's extremely mod- of, of, of modest and nice, and 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 he's wonderful. Um, okay, so we're going to sign off. I'm going to sign off with some Steve Earle. Um, I want to thank Liz Thompson. Thank you. Really, thank you. And congratulations thank on you. doing this the second time. 26th to the 29th. Yep. Uh, Thevillagetrip.com. And, uh, you know, please book tickets. Come along. Yeah. Hang out. It'll be fun. You know, yeah. it will be, it'll be a cool happening. Yeah, yeah. And tickets, I must say, if they're tickets at all, first of all, it's all free. Tickets are f- either five Both bucks or... Or there might be one or two that are 25 bucks. Yeah, two, but, two. But, but, but generally, if you've got four days, you want to swing by the village and get you an edumacation. Yeah. Come, I mean, the, the two, the two 25 the bucks concerts have really high caliber musicians. I mean, yeah. the classical musicians are all yeah. serious. You know, Boston Symphony, New York Philharmonic, Curtis Institute. Yeah. They're serious musicians. So, you know, they, uh, it was cheap at twice the price. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And... You get an education really for nothing. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, uh, so much is free. And yeah, 